since everyone's being a little quiet right now, do you guys want to hear a fun story about me? Yes, let's hear it. Not that I like talk about myself all the time or anything. When I first moved to New York, I basically had like, what, two weeks in New York, something like that. I think Mary talks way too much in the boudoir. Drinking my juice. Oh no, actually that's not how the story went. I wasn't drinking. So I was pulling out my phone thinking I was gonna videotape him. I think Mary talks too much everywhere. I turned around because I was like, he ain't talking to me, but can't wait to go home and take my shoes off. It is starting to feel a lot like the Mary Cherry show right now. Her name is Maxine Waters. She's a representative of California. I don't feel like I'm talking too much in the boudoir. I feel like people are talking too little. And when you're on camera, baby, you have to be ready. Well, Mary, I'm going to let you finish telling your story, but I think we should just acknowledge at the top of the episode um, a huge apology for the delayed episode. I, in particular, have, as you can tell from your audio, have had a bit of uh, technical difficulties this weekend. So uh, by hook or by crook, we are getting this episode out and we are here. And I just want to acknowledge that now that I'm giving you like season one crunchy Dragula and Johnny's giving you season four boudoir. So that's kind of what we're doing this week. All right, Mary. Uh, love that for us. Um, yeah. But, you know, this I thought this clip was very interesting in terms of just kind of a meta reality show discussion. And the idea being. There's a lot of discussion, and there has been for years, about shady edits on drag race reality shows and blaming it on the edit. And Ooh, I, make a good song. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think it's interesting because the editors are showing us two sides of this story. They're showing us that people in the workroom think that Mary talks too much, which is a choice. And, you know, they're showing us uh, Susie Beaver or Siggy Beaver and Saint saying it. And then Mary also kind of standing up for herself, uh, probably being prompted, like, do you think you talk too much in the boudoir? Mm -hmm. And which I think is good that they're giving it both takes. And I mean, I'm I am definitely team Mary in this situation. Um, but I also wanted to just acknowledge that both can be true, that this was kind of a shady edit. And maybe Mary does talk too much in the boudoir. Right. It, it both can be true. It, it is interesting because we what we were seeing without the editing was something we've seen so many times before on all of these drag shows is just one of the queens is holding court. And is just recounting the room with the story. And like this, this, this is like, you know, that just comes with the territory, I would imagine, of just getting ready and drag. Yeah. And so I feel like, you know, that could be the way to show it. But instead, there's this narrative like, oh, my God, Mary's just going on and on. And I mean, to Mary's point and not for nothing, but to Dolly's point, it's it's not that Mary's talking too much. It's that everyone else is talking too little. And I think that, I mean, last time I checked, Dragula is not a knitting bee. Like, you need to come in, you need to talk, you need to interact, you need to share. And I, and it does seem like in these early days, maybe Mary is the only one who got the assignment. And, you know, hats off or uh, scalps off to Mary. Um, uh, it's Dragula. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm with her in the sense of like, yeah, we're on TV. You got to put it forward. Yeah, yeah, no one wants to, like, just watch you, like, quietly putting, you know, blood splatters on your costume. Like, it's, and, and I think 
the the other side of that because we could just like I, I think you know obviously you're on TV you're making a TV show but I think the other side of that is the thing I notice with Dragula every season is like what comes with the territory of getting all these like weirdos and freaks and like you know uh, non mainstream folks is I feel like you you just you don't always get extroverts you know what mm-hmm. I mean you don't yeah. always get like yes mamas walking into the boudoir and I feel like that's maybe what's happening this season a little. And uh, yeah, I think Mary has a lot of experience. I think she has a lot of experience in uh, as a drag queen that she can kind of talk about or just her life. Yeah, she's a she's an extrovert. And for whatever reason, Susie and Saint weren't having it. And it was a choice for the editors to put in some conflict, right, for us to have an opinion on, which uh, goes to the blame it on the edit thing. And again, both are true, right? It's like, well, they, they couldn't have done that. This could have been a really great moment for us to connect with Mary and hear some fun stories. Mm-hmm. My sense, because I agree, I think it could have, the fact that it's not just that tells me that this is an early part of a larger narrative. Like, I don't what? think we would be seeing this if it wasn't going to be addressed in some way in the next two episodes, you know? How do you think it's going to play out? I, I, that's a good question. I think, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's going to be something, something about like she, there's, she's going to be more confronted of like, you know, you, you take up airspace or like, you know, you don't let anyone get a word in edgewise. Like I, I think there, there must be something. And, and maybe I feel like we saw in the preview of the season, I feel like Jade Joe Lee finally gets into it with somebody. So maybe <laughs> it'll be Jade and Mary, you know, I mean, yeah, something's got to break Jade, you know, something's got to get that girl to open up. So I don't know. Um, I just don't I feel like they wouldn't do this just to be shady to Mary. I don't feel like that's Dragula's gig, you know, especially with how the Boulets talked about her last week and kind of praised her this week. But yeah, I do want to just I do just want to say that Saint saying that, oh, it's the Mary Cherry show. I'm like. That's not a bad thing. I would totally watch the Mary Cherry show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's I think that's ultimately Mary's goal is to have some Mary Cherry show that everyone wants to come see. You know, and I and I think wasn't there um, the Boulets had done a, a podcast episode or an interview where they talked about. I think I because I feel like I heard both. I feel like I heard them both say that they needed to kind of prompt the other contestants to kind of talk more, but I feel like. It was either that and or there was a contestant that needed to tell to like simmer down a little. And like I I do remember Charlene <clears throat> Incarnate and Mary's if you're not following Charlene Incarnate on any social media, I mean Charlene is a fabulous drag queen. Um and has and is very opinionated, uh, if you want, you know, hot takes. Um, but I, I feel like she tweeted about that. And and that also kind of corroborated what mm. we might be seeing here, that, mm-hmm. yeah, that there was concern that people weren't talking enough. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think there's more to come on this narrative. Uh, I got to say, this episode, it didn't disappoint uh, for many reasons, but there were disappointing parts of it, right? And I think w- w- something that a lot of people are talking about is, you know, the gag that Saint and Coco were in the bottom and that we didn't want to see Coco go. And that's, that was my reaction. The first watch, I was just really disappointed. I was just like, I fucking love Coco. I wanted to see more of her. And then 
on the second watch, I heard the boulets kind of really hammer home. Like, look, this is a Western wild West challenge and you need to have sci-fi and horror tones to your look. And when I look back at the two in the bottom, I can see why they didn't get as many points on those, on that brief. I agree. I think, um, you know, and Mary's, I'm just going to acknowledge here that we actually recorded an entire episode on Friday, but because of my terrible technical difficulties, it is now a lost episode. And so I'm navigating that thing in my head of like, oh, I think I made this point last time. I'm going to make it again. They don't know. Only you know, and you're not going to call me out for it. But I agree. I think one of the things that I know we talked about a lot in that lost episode that I'm sure we'll talk about again this episode is that I these looks were all a recipe. And I think in the and you know, and it was, yeah, there's there's a certain percentage of horror and a certain percentage of Western and a certain percentage of sci-fi. And some queens that they didn't get the recipe right. And I feel like with Coco, it was like, well, there's definitely horror. There's no sci-fi. And I'm getting more like 50s housewife with the pearls and like some of like the top half of the look. Like there was just some I didn't know what era she was in. And I think, you know, I agree with Trixie when she was like, I just don't think I would have ever gotten what this was supposed to be. And she looked cool. I just don't know what the fuck it was, you know? And I think Coco even acknowledged that. And I love when queens just kind of see and we get to hear it in a confessional. Like, yeah, Coco was like, yeah, that all makes sense. Mm -hmm. This look was maybe not the most well-conceived. Yeah. And I I think that I can't, I I don't think there's ever been an example in any of these drag shows where a queen has somewhere admitted that she messed up and that, or they messed up and, uh, and then ended up staying. I fucked up, man. (laughs) I feel like that always becomes kind of like the, well, you're probably not going to stay. You know what I mean? Um, so like once Coco acknowledged that I was like kind of prepared for Coco to go home, you know? Well, and I want to just acknowledge, uh, there was somebody on Instagram that reached out to me and brought this to my attention. And the second watch, I definitely noticed it, but there's Easter eggs in the opening, you know, B-horror clip with the Boulets, a couple, not even an Easter egg, like it was like a Christmas present, basically saying like, we're looking for a pig to spit roast, here, piggy, 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 right? And I, I, it made me wonder if there's ever been a reality show or if it would work where if the elimination was so shocking that they tell the audience up front who goes home and then it's kind of like a movie where there's a flashback how did we get here kind of thing mm-hmm. and it would need to be like yeah. a, like like a, a meltdown or something wild happening um but it it did make me think like wouldn't that be interesting if dragula did that right and they really just yeah. told us who was going to go home one episode right at the start and then we find out why and it, the, the the why is like oh my god i'm glad i figured it out you know yeah the why has to be a bigger goop than the, the extermination like i sure. think um the only example i can think of, of this is where like or any episode where you kind of know the queen's going home i mean we talk about this all the time is like nina bonina brown you know like her oh, sure. the episode she went home it was like I knew she was going to go home the entire episode. Like there was really no optimism that it was going to turn around at any point. And, and 
building up to that episode, she was ready to go, you know? And so I think that's kind of the version of this we have gotten. Um, yeah, the show but, yeah. didn't tell us. Though. The show no, did not tell us. The show did not tell us, but it certainly showed us, yeah. And it makes me think about people that watch a season of Drag Race or Dragula even, knowing who the winner is, and mm-hmm. how that changes how you watch the show. It's It doesn't ruin it, necessarily. You're just you just know the ending and you can kind of see how they got there. And it yeah. is, it, it's a valid way to watch something, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of enjoy that sometimes. Like I feel like that's definitely the appeal of a rewatch is that like, you know, whether it's watching, you know, season 12, watching how Jada won that season or watching season six and rewatching Jocelyn Fox and mm-hmm. keeping your eye on her. Like there is a, it's just watching it from a different lens. It's like if you take away kind of to your point, if you take out the suspense of who wins or who goes home, what's another way to watch these shows? Yeah. Like what would it, would it really break the game if a show spoiled itself as part of its own storytelling technique? I think it just has to, as I said, the, the goop, there has to be some climax to the episode yeah. and that somehow has to be bigger then who goes home and it's a tricky one i think with this format i think that's a that's a tall order um, yeah 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 i mean i could a- see like a hollow eve like knowing that hollow eve was going to go that uh, go home that episode from season three spoiler alert um hey maybe that would have been interesting yeah i mean you know it's kind of like then you're just watching somebody I don't know. Maybe it, it. Maybe if she had a, a, or if somebody had a, a huge meltdown or something, and maybe they did like one of those. It's very Real Housewives to show you like a jump cut montage of like, mm. oh my god, shocking moments. Then you have to wait forty minutes for any of them to happen. <laughs> I feel like that would be the editing. You know. I see. I see. Yeah. I. You know, just very interesting to think about because, and you know, put into my brain by the Boulets by putting this Easter egg in, which. Did they, did they know they were doing that? I mean, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I saw some someone on on Reddit who was very upset about you know the spoiler, but I was like, I th- like they keep, they're going to spoil it every episode, and I was like, I think this is the only one that you could potentially count as a spoiler. And to be honest, the first time I watched the episode, I didn't, I wouldn't have picked that up. I didn't Same. pick it up. I just kind of assumed they were going hunting, and uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, um, totally. so sorry, you're so perceptive Redditor, <laughs> you know, excuse your genius, you know, for free, <laughs> for free. I haven't heard that in a few weeks. Not for nothing. <laughs> well, Mary, let's, let's jump into this episode. We have, uh, the start of the episode after obviously, uh, you know, the, the B roll, mm-hmm. um, horror movie, um, I keep saying B-roll, but it's B-more, B-movie, you know. B-movie, yeah, B-roll yeah. would be like, you know, here's some here's yes. some stock footage or something, yeah. Correct. Um, Aunt Coco, <laughs> starting off the episode. Oh, <laughs> just, she showed up to Easter lunch exhausted. <laughs> she, I, you know, I just, I will miss, and oh. another montage is is Coco touching her face, rubbing her eyes, uh, scratching behind your ear, just. Um, I love the gayness of it. I yeah, just, weary know. and gay. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And you know, it was very much you know to go to our Dragula high school kind of school metaphor. 
but you know, Aunt Coco telling Mary's mom about her behavior in class. Like, well, she's very talkative. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, I want Coco to be the the principal secretary who gets who retires this episode. Sure. So she's Miss Kane, but that doesn't mean that she that that you know, uh, she's not somebody's aunt. You know, she could yeah, be somebody's aunt. She's still somebody's. She's definitely somebody's aunt. But Mrs. Cherry comes in because she's got a meeting with the principal, Principal Boulez, and you know, Miss Kane's there. And she's like. Mrs. Cherry, I just, you know what I'm saying? You know, she's just a lot. You know what I'm saying? She does that at one point. You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, I also loved, this was, I mean, Mary, it's why I love Dragula and why I don't mind the performed drama and knowing that there is drama being recorded and having to amp it up a little bit. But, you know, you get Betty walking into the workroom and that cinematic reaction from Hoso. Oh, I mean, it was every once in a while, these shows, it's like they've got, you know, the, I don't know who they've got for their cinematographer, but this was on par with that moment in Drag Race with Alyssa and Coco after the lip sync, the mm. like, fo- the the focus of like, I love when there's someone in the foreground and something happening in the background. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what this was. It was, mm-hmm. uh, and who knows if Hoso knew or Hoso was told to react this way, like act disappointed that Astrid went home. I'm sure uh, Hoso was very disappointed, right? As, yeah, as, as they said to Betty, uh, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like they were mincing any words on it, uh, which I appreciated. Um, but Betty walking in, oh God, with leeches all over her tits. Uh, uh, you know, Betty, I, I. Obviously, I knew she'd be walking in because I knew that that uh, she that she went home. Uh, you know, or that that what's her name, Astrid, gone home. But I, you know, I it's just it bears repeating how much I did not expect to be rooting for Betty this season, based purely on my impression of her on Twitter and the opinion I formed. But like the opinion I formed of her in these first few episodes of Dracula, I think she's a fucking delight. I fucking love Betty. Bitter Betty, work. Ugh. Yeah. I, and just a welcomed energy in the room. Like, for example, you know, these queens, you know, Sava, she'll just, she'll just, you know, launch every little thing. And then Betty comes in and we've already heard Hoso say that she would have preferred Astrid stay and Betty was getting down on herself. And so then Betty says, well, you don't want that happy to see me. And, and Hoso was like, well, I just, you know, I saw you get into your head. And instead of getting into a fight, Betty just says, I was, girl. I was. And oh. I was like, that's it. You don't have to fight uh, about it. You can also right. just admit it. And I just it, – it, there's a there's a real, like, senior camp counselor energy with Betty, especially in her wardrobe that I – She's a camp director. Camp know? director, but she was a counselor for years, and now <laughs> she's the director at that camp. She hired you Jade. Know? Yeah. She hired Jade because she knew how good of a gym teacher she was. Like, this summer, do you want to come work at my camp? <laughs> Well, I, yeah, no, I appreciated this little moment. Um, and then how they kind of smooth over that kind of drama. Um, even Mary kind of cracking the joke about being digmatized, which I just love as a concept. It's a great portmanteau. Uh, mm. and one that we can all kind of relate to, you know. I mean, every week since Dolly has come back. I, I just, know. I know. I, the woodshop teacher. Let's just that that was a discovery in our last episode that I do need to bring back here is I really strongly feel that Dolly is the woodshop teacher at the school. Yeah, who does the she does the plays. Right. But I I kind of chimed in. I think she teaches like AP art for well, a small yes. group of kids. It's she's maybe the the chair of the art department. So only has a few sections and then does, you know, the, the musical 
construction. Sets, Dolly, Dolly kind of um, manages the tech crew. Uh, and yes, and, and for the seniors, Dolly's trying to get metallurgy. What? Metallurgy. Tell me what this is. I'm pretty sure it's when you work with metal, but I'm going to Google it. Let's so make sure. I, I, I love that. I love the idea that it's like she teaches an art seminar, but it's like they do they do projects and then there's like a seminar about it. You know what I mean? It's only like six mm-hmm. kids. Oh, yeah. And, and it's a you have to you have to apply metallurgy. Yeah. It's like if you're making things with metal, she does a lot. She wants to do, she wants to get the mask, you know, that flip down metal worker mm-hmm. mask. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what Dolly needs. You um, are digmatized girl. <laughs> I am completely digmatized. I literally, I just, Oh God, I just want to wake up pregnant. I just, yeah. You wanted to be Susie Beaver riding her. Oh, you know, watching the two of them, I, at first, so the fantasy that I have, at first I thought Portland, but I know that's triggering. So I see this as like a alternative tattooed couple in Asheville, North Carolina. Mm, Or Austin. Or Austin, maybe Austin, but I feel like Austin, like the, it might be, might be, you know, now kind of a parody of itself. I think, I don't know. I feel like Asheville is where people go, you know, it's still, it's not overblown yet, but Austin, Asheville, maybe maybe they lived in Portland for a few years, and then it got to be too, you know, rainy. Um, rainy yeah, and uh, you know, Susie's seasonal affective disorder couldn't handle it, and you know, they're like, let's go to North Carolina. Uh, <laughs> but they are just this like hot alternative couple, and then mm. eventually they have a baby, and they name him Axel. You know? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I get all yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, this little section, it's after. You know, the boulets tell them what the challenge is. Um, we get, I think, probably a quote of the season and one that I think it's one of those if you know, you know. But Susie Weaver says, Susie Beaver says, uh, so many horse girls. Uh, I Well, I mean, and, and I'm going to keep doing this, Mary's. The the I don't even know if we'll recreate it, but the tangent we went on of what we think horse girls are, we're mm. about to get into it. We're going to get into it right now. Well, I just I, I don't I I once tried to explain what horse girl meant, similar to how I tried to explain to a friend of mine what hill people meant, and it's it's an if you know you know if you went to high school or middle school with a horse girl, you know that term. And it's very specific. I know you think of them as kind of privileged, but I don't see the privilege in horse girl. It's very much about being more of an introvert, being very creative, really smart, and uh, you know, kind of having a an interesting lunchbox, right? Or an interesting lunch for that matter. Maybe you sit alone, but maybe you found like Dungeons and Dragons friends uh, and you sit with them at lunch. You wear shirts that have like the wolves and the moon on it or wizards, you know? Um, it, it's that, it's it's that brand of person. And these, those are my friends. <laughs> well, that girl works on the tech crew with Dolly. I yes. mean, yeah, like at the, those girls, I mean, because I was I was in the theater company, theater department, theater whatever in high school. I was one of the gays in high school, and the girls on tech crew were horse girls. Why I think of horse girls as privileged is because I think there's like the original horse road girl, horses, like the real yeah. road horses was weird about their horse. It mm. was a little too much, you know. It was like all right with the horse, uh, you know. There was there's there's an obsessive kind of like quality, but obviously if you're riding a horse. In my mind, 
you know, you're, you're, you've got, you've got access to stables and you can afford horse riding lessons and all that, you know? Um, but then there's like the spirit of the horse girl, you know? And I think then that moves into like the girl sitting alone eating the, you know, bologna and cheese sandwich wrapped in the wax paper and, you know, uh, all of that. And maybe she's got my little ponies, you know, or toy horses, you know? I was, yeah, exactly. It was the Lisa Simpson who always wanted a pony and then never let that go, going into prepubescent and, and puberty. Yeah, and it was like Lisa Simpson, but then like less. Lisa Simpson is surprisingly socially capable. Well, I, I think don't... she moved out of. Well, she's only yeah. eight. She's still she's into horses, eight. and she's eight, right? But yeah. this is like a 14, 15 year old girl. Yeah, she um, hasn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. and horse girl can be a horse boy, right? But horse girl is the term. Yes, um, that the energy. Yeah, can and, be anyone. And it's interesting because I feel like it. I don't know if this is, I don't see it as an insult, but I can see how someone might take it that way. Uh, I think it's just a category. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, if someone told me that I was a horse girl, I don't know if I would take it as a compliment. Hey, but, sorry. Hey, yeah. <laughs> well, I say nay to that. Um, I'm very stable, but I, I think we're back and going to a gallop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only thing horse girl about me is all the bareback I do. Um, but anyway, and the size uh, of my cock. And the size <laughs> of my dick, yes. And the fact that I just piss everywhere, you know? People and I ride love, me all over town. Yeah, and I love a good pair of shoes, you know? <laughs> all right, Mary. Um, but, uh, yes. So, horse girls, uh, I, I'm... If anyone is going to have a room full of horse girls, it's Dracula. Uh, yes. Another. This is maybe in relation to horse girls, but this is a reference that, again, we discussed on the last episode, and we will discuss again. Uh, related to horse girls is when they come back into the boudoir after they get their assignment. Hoso says, and I bet you're cringing. I have to live through the story again. I know, but Hoso says, "Country boy," and oh. and. That is, for anyone who doesn't know, I mean, there is a, it's like, it's not horse girl, but it's like someone who knows those weird vines from 10 years ago and still quotes them. I like that Hoso is that person because that is this vine. Mm. Maybe it was originally a YouTube video, but I know it was popular in Vine of this, let's say 11, 12 year old girl who hadn't grown into her features yet, let's just say. You know, uh, she maybe had all the Lego pieces, but she didn't have a Barbie dream house made out of Lego pieces yet. You know, um, you know, she was in her awkward phase. And so I, this must be a song, but this is this little girl singing this version of the song. And she goes, country boy. Yeah, it's awful. And I can't believe that Hoso did that on Dragula. And I just want to acknowledge that. You know, we love a reference queen or performer. We It's very queer, right? To, to have these references and hold on to them. There was something about that reference that spoke to Hoso. And I, I, just, love, I it. love it. Yeah. Well, and I, I know like, little, little, little memes and references like that that are of somebody who is like, this is, this is like this little girl being this little uncomfortable, awkward, not uncomfortable, awkward weirdo, but she's not trying to be like, it's that kind of, it's kind of like how camp happens where it's like a movie is created in earnest and then people interpret it differently. Correct. I feel like this, this girl filmed this terrible moment in earnest and thought enough to post it. 
and the and then the rest of us. I don't even think that we're making fun of her. I think we're just appreciating how flagrantly bad at the song she's being anyway. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. it's, it it reminds me of Shovel Girl in that way. Like she that lives was, in the same world. Was, yeah. No, but but yeah, it's the same world in the sense that it's it's disturbing, but we don't see it as how it is, right? Yes, I'm I'm not watching this thing happening. I'm watching this video of this thing happening. It, it, it's like there's a removal. There's a yeah. I'm talking so deeply about a six second vine of a little girl going country boy. Um, so anyway, well, I, 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 I love that you got that reference and now I got it right. It, all thanks. to yeah. If you don't make yeah. these references, we lose these references. We lose these references. So, you know, in the horse girl kind of theme, I also love that in this segment, we get two horse girls riding other contestants, right? We have Zavaleta riding Mary and making those, Really, really fabulous orgasm sounds, mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, Susie Weaver riding Dolly. I, it just made it made all the sense to me. Yeah, I, I, uh, I the way I, I also thought it was like, oh, they're coming out of their shells, you know? Because I do think I think I mean I don't I'm not as familiar with out of their one. stalls, out so. of your stalls. Yeah, exactly. Um, come out of your blinders. But you know, I feel like seasons two and three were probably similar that at least the first first I'm going to say first half of the season but it progressively gets better the workroom interactions take a little time yeah. to finesse and maybe some of it's getting a few people out of the room mm-hmm. and some of it's just like calming down and like you know all the adrenaline but like I always find that's the one thing about Dragula that like it's not a ding it just it's less smoothed over than Drag Race mm. is the interactions in the workroom can be kind of like awkward sometimes because it's like so many people trying to be on TV at once, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it feels like a contest. Yeah. Yeah. Know? So, um, and maybe that's why with, they don't like Mary doing, I was gonna it, you say know? with Mary cherry in the room. I mean, you know, she's laughing them if that's the case. <laughs> well, oh God, I just went to a secretariat place. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh, I'm so proud of that. Oh, <laughs> Oh, Secretariat. Oh, Big Red. Anyway. Big Red. Um, Big Red, May West. Anyway, um, should we talk about the floor show and maybe then uh, connect back to, I think when we talk about Zavaleta, we'll, we'll talk about Zavaleta. Yeah, I have some thoughts on Zavaleta. So let's let's do that. Let's start with the floor show. With, These wig uh, bandits. Yeah. Yeah. And with, with this friend of the pod, Trixie mm. Mattel on the judges uh. panel. And, uh. you know friend of my butthole orville orville redenbucker whatever his name is orville, orville, peck. orville peck orville yeah. peck um yeah uh they were great so who do you, who okay floor show who won in your opinion who's the best look who who's the scariest or the whateverest you know i know she's it's only been two episodes that we've got dolly but there's so much about Dolly's looks last week and this week where I'm like, this is the winner. Like completely from, as to quote Dolly, from head to toe, uh, this is the winner. And not just the performance and the look, but the confidence to back it up. One of my favorite moments is when Orville says like, did you make this look? And the confidence that Dolly's like absolutely head to toe. I I flooded my basement. Oh, I just 
I, I was I was on my hands and knees in my bed. The door was open. I was like, do what you want, Dolly. I won't even look. It, it, Dolly is the perfect example of like, it is so much more about confidence than how you look or what your body type is or anything else. I feel like between if you're watching Drag Race UK right now, Kitty Scott Claus and her body confidence this week and Dolly, I feel like it's just proof that like you don't have to look like, you know, I don't know. An Adonis. And Adonis, and, and Dolly's very good looking, but I also feel like Dolly out of drag is, is Dolly's, it's not like Dolly looks like Christopher Maloney. It's kind of an alternative look anyway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think a lot of Dolly's sex appeal is not visual, but just how he carries himself. For sure. And just the, I, the brilliance uh, of even Dolly on their season and Resurrection, and then now these last two episodes, I also love the moment, you know, Fingers of Dragula, uh, or I guess, uh, uh, what? Uh, claws of Dragula? Yeah, Claws of Dragula. Yeah. Exactly. Um, hooves of Dragula. <laughs> yeah, um, well, yeah. Trixie, Trixie being like, you know, just calling out, like, I love that it's masculinity as a costume. It's so stupid. Masculinity is so stupid. It is something to call out and put, and put on. And Dolly's just, like, pointing, like, yes, yes, you got it. That's it. And mm-hmm. I love that there's that thought behind the look as well. Not that these other looks weren't, you know, totally thoughtful because I think Zava's was very thoughtful even when it comes to gender. It's just that there's Dolly's was so much more complete and intricate and I don't know, I I I just couldn't stop being like, "Wow, head to toe, you made this." I'm definitely getting like Victoria Elizabeth Black in season 2 vibes, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just like you are just head and shoulders above so many of these people. It almost doesn't feel fair, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's uh, that's showbiz. I heard that somewhere. Are we going to do that? Are we going to do that? Are we doing that? Yeah. So that moment, again, what's so great about having Trixie as a judge First of all, Trixie was hilarious, and I, as somebody who does terrible puns, like, yeah, I'm totally into it. I think it was after uh, Trixie talked about the feather in her cap to Zavaleta. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Drac was like, oh, are we going to do that? We're going to do that whole thing, yeah. Of the unspoken, complete conversation that they were having, and that everybody got mm-hmm. it. Yep. Well, it's like when Betty entered in the first episode, and she's like, now am I supposed to do like a shitty catchphrase yeah. or something? <laughs> Like I, there's, it's those little digs that I think are, they're funny and they're also not like, it's they're bumper bowling. Yeah, it's, it's, right. mo- it's not malicious. I mean, like, this is not malicious gay faggotry. This is just gentle teasing. Yeah, exactly. I just, oh god, to call it out was so great. And Trixie, that's, but that is also Trixie's brand. Like Trixie just does that. Yep. Yeah. I, you know, I think she's, I think she's great as a judge in the situation. I. Uh, and I love that it's Dragula. It's not even Drag Race. I love that it's Dragula. Like, that's so, uh, I, I think she's very much in her wheelhouse. I think the fact that she's doing this Queens of the Universe show, it's just like, of the 10,000 other things that Trixie's doing, I right. feel like it's a, it's such a good fit. I just, it's, with the bad puns. That's part of it. I, yeah. And she does the bad puns differently than Rue. She very much leans into them and, like, she leans into the badness, I should say, you know, and like it's she's less of making a pun like, you know, uh, closer. I hardly know or whatever. She's more doing a performance of a bad pun. 
You know what I'm saying? Oh, I see that. I see that. Yeah. I, I also think she's a great judge, like an insightful judge this episode. Um, you know, you want to be a pig bottom. You don't want to be a pig in the bottom. That I mean, is, I mean, put, she thought of that herself, you know? Put it on a tank top. Exactly. Put it on one of those gay tank tops where they cut, they cut it like oh, down yeah, to the side nice. and there's something uh, open and the nipple falls out. Uh, and, or a crop uh, top. Mm. Oh yeah. A crop top. Oh my God. Oh, I could never, a crop top is like the last thing I would wear. <laughs> like it's, it's like that literally is the last thing I'd want to put on is something that doesn't cover my lower stomach. You'd wear a harness first. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I don't see the purpose cover, of them. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, I guess it's like, well, you want to know the purpose point. of it, Mary. It's something to hold on to. Something to hold Speaking on to. Speaking of horses, absolutely. you know. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, whoa. Get it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeehaw. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. Not oh, yeehaw. no. Not yeehaw. Not that nightmare. Uh, no, I, uh, I think if I was wearing a harness at that point, it's like, ugh, I already have my shirt off. But in a crop top, it's like, well, I have a shirt on, but the one part I'm most self-conscious about is exposed, you know? Mm, okay. But maybe that's what I need to do to be more body positive. There you go, Mary. Um, Trixie also gave a great critique to Susie Beaver. Uh, Susie, it was... I, you you mentioned it the last time we recorded this episode. Yeah, um, yeah. I think she says it, it, like with the with the scales that she painted on. Um, if you're going to take the time to do it, let's make sure they see it from space. Yeah, which is such a positive, good feedback. constructive feedback versus yeah. like, oh, I didn't even see those details. It's like, oh no, I acknowledge them, but hey, you're going to do all that work, you know? Like it's it's such a I don't know. Um, it was just like. From Chicago queen to Chicago queen, you know, paint bigger girl, you know, like there was just, uh -huh. it was very kind, you know, it was very kind. Um, let's talk about these looks. Uh, I, she's I, not a Chicago queen. She's a Milwaukee queen anyway. Yeah. yeah but she knows people from Chicago. Yeah. You know, it's all, you know, down there. Yeah. It's about two yeah. and a half hour drive. It's fine. Yeah. You know. It's nothing. Midwest. Schmazel, you know? Yeah. Right. You know, combat boots, mid lipstick. Absolutely. Um, so w let's save Saint and Coco. Uh, for the end, I I thought Dolly should have won. Obviously, Zavaleta won. Um, this was a great look. I just it's interesting. The floor shows this season. I I appreciate the editing. I just don't think, and maybe it's because they want to add more of the post critique drama that happens, but they feel a little eclipsed because normally. When I expect a floor show on Dragula, there's kind of three acts or three segments. So they first introduce each queen and we see the look. And then the second act, like maybe there's a prop or there's a reveal. And then the third act is like, man, something crazy happens for most uh -huh. of the queens. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Now you're filleting your intestines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I don't know if it's because we didn't see uh, this, this week, uh, all three acts, but with Zavaleta, I missed a lot of the details. I, I thought it was scary. I love the gender play and I saw a lot of what the judges were talking about, but the impact wasn't as strong as Dolly's. I am feeling that I agree with you. And I'm feeling that in general, that the floor shows, I know we haven't had that many, but 
and maybe I'm romanticizing ones from the past, but it does feel a little bit shorter or less involved so far. Mm-hmm. And I guess the 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 example, I mean, thinking of season two, I'm thinking of like the Alien one. Like when I think of the Alien Floor show, it was a fucking production between yeah. Vicky and Bitch and the rest uh. of them. But like it was a production and these feel uh, like somewhere between a floor show and a runway. You know, and and I don't know what it is because I feel like they feel a little bit shorter, but they also feel a little less involved. And is that it? Is there a through line with there being a bunch of horse girls in the room that it's a little bit, you know, people aren't as big of performers? I don't know. But um, I mean, I, I go back to the other Wild West episode from season two. Uh huh. That for me is probably the best example of a Dragula episode floor show because it was shot on location. And I ever, I mean, we talked about this before, but like it's a Bora, a Bora. Oh my God. Absolutely horrific. And that whole performance, you had Vicky black who won that week with, I mean, it ended with her burning the box, right? Like, yeah, and the, the bitch booth, also yeah. performed the fuck out of that. So, I, you know, I think it was uh, Disasterina started beating the kids that were coming out of her dress. Oh, right? Disasterina with the dress full of dead babies. Yes. Oh, God, that one is, I mean, Abora is, that look is probably one of the top five best looks on Dragula. For sure. Three, you know, yeah. like it's. I mean, most memorable. I'm haunted yeah. by that look. Yes. I think about that look as soon as you say that that challenge, that's the first thing I think of. But yeah, and I think there's that too. And maybe I saw someone mention that on Reddit as well, that like we're not getting much in the way of location-based, you know, moments. Like everything has been in, you know, in studio. Yeah. Um, and it, it does make a difference. I feel like maybe if they did this similar to how they did it in season two – Maybe that would have helped some of them open up more and give us more performance. It certainly would have been brighter unless they did it at night. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I the floor shows are feeling a little bit dark. And yeah, I and maybe think, it's because they are inside, you know? Yeah, I don't know. maybe they want to make it spookier. I don't know. But Zavaleta, or maybe it's just like the post production effects that they're adding. But yeah, I missed, yeah. I missed, I think, a lot of the details and performance that the boules were gagging over with Zavaleta. I agree. I think that looks wise, you know, we had talked about this, of course, but uh, Zava is giving the big time land insider with this look. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Feel, am I crazy that that's the same reference? Not that, I mean, that's possible, but I don't think it was the same reference. I think um, Landon did more of a mariachi. Oh yes. Yeah. I, there was, I guess there was just details that were like so reminiscent that I was like, it. wow, yeah. I can really see it. Um, I, I think Zava looked, looked great. I, I think that I agree with you what you're saying about Dolly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, uh, in terms of everybody else, I mean, I think Betty really stepped it up. Uh, but I agree with Trixie that it's like, well, if you're going to do like cyborg, you know, uh, Western bordello hooker, like give us the, give us the machinery, you know, like, yeah. cause e- even I felt like, Oh, I thought that I couldn't tell if that was a spider web on your face, but I can see like, if she really played that up, that, uh, that she could have even won. Who knows? I did love the performance. I, it was kind of really creepy. Like this person who's singing and dancing like Dolly Parton and then just start shooting people like maniacal. Yeah. Like, oh, the performance. God. I think that was where Betty excelled was the performance was really good. Yeah. And 
I wasn't then focused as much on like the details of the look, which were there, but it was like, you gave us a floor show. So that's kind of right. what I came here for. Um, right. Right. Um, I, uh, Hoso, God, I don't know how Hoso was safe this week, Mary. Do you think Hoso should have been in the top? I think Hoso should have been the top over Susie Beaver uh, because, first of all, it was creative and thinking outside of the box, which I think just deserves some points, right? Hoso chose the cactus, right? And the face was such a choice to make it this, like, angry, sad face. That made sense to me. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't see a cactus being a happy plant, you know? It's kind of a prick uh. if he has me. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I thought, and I thought the performance was great and it was just very creative. Whereas Susie, it's interesting that Coco got read a little bit for not having rain just being this kind of like busty hooker vibe always. Whereas I feel like with Susie, it, it's kind of similar that it is kind of, it, there's a, a beauty aspect or a glamour aspect of it. Um, I loved her reveal. I thought that was great. Um, I didn't really understand the character. Uh, otherwise, you know, I didn't really know what yeah, this monster I, was. So I was, I was just surprised that they Nashville. praised. Yeah, yeah I, I I was just surprised that they put Susie in the top. And maybe we're not seeing all of the details that they are. Well, I think it's true that so far all of her looks have been kind of a similar vibe and a similar kind of, you know, as far as I can, you know, recall. I feel like it's been a, a similar uh what am I trying to say? A, uh, uh, God, I'm totally blanking. Uh, profiles. You know what I mean? Like it's you're, you're kind of giving us the same monster over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's. I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting. At least In the last different two looks. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right, right, right. Um, you know, with if we're talking about the ingredients for this runway, you know, it being, you know, the the base of the stew is the West. And then you have spices of horror and sci-fi. I didn't see the horror in Susie. Yeah, I didn't either. I think this was a recipe where she had uh, a, a strong Western influence, but also sort of a Southeast Nashville reference, but then also like a strong sci-fi reference. And I was like, well, this isn't really scary, though. I do feel bad because I feel like Susie's getting it from every angle from this cast I in know. terms of what she's doing in her drag. So I don't want to pile on. Yeah. I think she's definitely still a very strong performer. I think it like I think what we're saying is like, oh, well, change it up. What else you got? You know, um, or just amp it up, I think, you know, and, and, and not even that I'm I didn't like her look like I thought it was great. But if we're judging and that's. Again, why I'm justifying Saint and Coco being the bottom for me to feel better about this mm -hmm. episode. Um, I don't know how Susie was in the top then. Susie should have been safer also in the bottom. And the word I couldn't think of before was silhouette. It finally came to God. me. Jesus Christ. Oh my God, silhouette. Silhouette. Uh, but the queens who were safe were Jade, Mary, and Hoso. So you would say, oh, switch out Hoso and and and. Siggy. Um, I think it's interesting how the Boulets had mentioned, if we're going to talk about queens and recipes, mm. they they recognized that there was something there was something off about Jay Jolie's chili. You know, the flavor, the flavor, the, the seasonings were not right. And I was hoping we would see more of that addressed in the episode, because I feel like Jade is 
desperate for feedback. Like, I just think, like, it almost seems like once Jade gets some actual feedback from the Boulets, she'll relax in the in, in the competition. Because I feel like right now she's like, I, I don't even know if I'm giving you what you want, but I'm, I'm you know, giving something. Uh, but I think in the case of Jade, the recipe was, it was too much sci-fi and then a yeah. little bit of horror and then like a little bit of Western in the boots. You know, I, I got the alien on a stick, you know, and she pulled the brains out and it was a little dark when all that happened and edited very kind of artfully, but, uh, and she looked kind of maniacal doing it, but I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really understand her look. And then when you saw her kind of in the light, even it became more apparent that it's like, I, I, I don't understand it. It's not that like, you know, she didn't do enough or she didn't look good. It was just that I didn't, I don't think I got it. And so it was, it was also very interesting that she was safe. Uh, and you wonder why they, maybe they did give her feedback, but you know, according to Jade, she didn't get it when they went to the back. So I'm surprised that they kept them on the runway and then didn't talk to Jade about it, right? Didn't they yeah. say they were gonna? They said, well, yeah, they said they were gonna. And then the fact that they kept them on the on the you know stage, I was like, well, oh, then something must be happening. Why are we why are we all on stage? You know. Mm. Um. So and then nothing happened. So and they know. didn't praise Mary either. Like they said they were gonna. Right. Right. Because I thought Mary was good. I think if you watch that floor show. Her screen time is like a fraction of the I rest know. of them. So it's I don't know wild. what that's about. Yeah. But like her segment is so short. And so I was almost like, I, yeah, I guess I, I guess Mary was good. I think she was good. I think, I mean, and she kind of even acknowledges this. Yeah, Mary looked great. And then you look at Dolly. You know what right. I mean? And it's just like, yeah, you know. I love that Mary's like Dolly, Coco, and Hoso. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, like she she gets it, she sees it, but it, so it's like, yeah, Mary looked good, but it's also like, well, Mary looked better than last week, and it was also like, well, I guess it was they were well, kind of also critiquing that her performance was right. Better, but I didn't really see much of the performance. You I know? know, I agree, I agree. I think it's interesting because they did make a very big point, either the first or second episode, how they're going to be judged very much so on the performance side of things. And so maybe that is kind of what did it. And we didn't see enough of it from Mary or we saw a little bit of the mess and, and it was fun and she was having a good time and, you know, acted a little bit more like herself. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This feels like we know it's what we didn't see. Right. Um, the bottom performers were Saint and Coco. And I was so cursing at my screen. I was like, what is this week of drag shows on tv that are missing the mark but when you rewatch it and you're like ah they could be so good it could be saint looking fucking phenomenal with a great idea or coco looking really scary and interesting and they're in the bottom because as the boule said it's how you do in this challenge because it's a game show and none of this is about like who's quote unquote, the best it's, who's the best at this challenge. Yeah. And, and I, man, am I sad to see Coco go, but on second watch, I get it. Saint and Coco didn't have enough of the ingredients. I, they didn't. Cause Saint was like all Western and then kind of like, Oh, I'm getting after hints of 
sci-fi and horror, but I don't know. I don't know why all these looks I'm judging as if it's a chili contest, but that's kind of what I've moved into. But I, I just, uh, yeah, I feel like Saint, I understood. And I was like, yeah. I also knew Saint won the previous week. They brought her back from resurrection. They're not going to send her home looking like a cow on week four. Wow. You know? Uh, so I love I, I loved watching a cow ride a bull. I thought that was funny. Oh, yeah. I love the meta of that. I mean, the bull <laughs> riding. I mean, this was definitely the, the, the gentlest extermination I think we've ever seen. <laughs> they even had, like, you know, the, the, the bouncy castle around the bull. Like, there was no chance of anyone getting hurt in any way. Well, that reminded me of last season when it was the fuck the big picture picture clint episode where they basically had to be insulted while standing on stage right like that was oh god that was oh that was a rough spot when they had like food pelted at them or something yeah Uh that was a weird one uh (laughs) yeah Uh, that's one i didn't need to sit through again but yeah it's like oh all right (laughs) and then she did it and then she went home that week right uh, she, Madeline stayed that week, I thought. Oh, did she? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so many years ago. Maybe well, she, you know, she did. Anyway, go ahead. There's a, with Satan crying and, and this kind of climactic moment, there is a funny moment that we should talk about with Mary when Saint was crying to, to, you know, uh, Coco of like, oh. I just, you know, I, you know, whichever one of us it is, like, you gotta get to the end. Like people need to see us. And there's a, there's an under. You know, the, the, the message underneath is, you know, we're two, you know, two black queens, or two black performers doing this kind of drag, you know, representation. And then, of course, Zava, you know, drives by with the bumper sticker. Visibility is important. And, and you know, they're having that conversation. And then there's Mary. Um, girls, just so you know, I'm still here. Still another black girl in the room. Just wanted to remind you. And I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> She pulled a Miss Seeley and she was like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. I'm still here. Um, uh, I may be ugly, but I'm here. <laughs> yeah. All my life I had to fight, you know? Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the color cherry, you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I found this very interesting. Um, I don't, obviously, yeah, Mary is another uh, black performer in the room. It, it just exposed that both of them don't seem to view Mary mm-hmm. at their level. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, this was not a mistake that they say right. does not look at Mary as like the representation that she wants. Of yeah. Black queens doing monster track. <laughs> uh, the, the retort is like, Oh no, no, we, we, we meant good black track. Yeah. We meant right. good. Yeah. Like we know Mary. Yeah. I know. Cause I mean, the response is like, and I think, I think even Coco says like, yeah, we know Mary. We could never forget you're here. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh, <laughs> oh God. God. I, I, you know, and I don't mean to agree with their perspectives on no, Mary's drag. Funny. I love yeah. Mary Cherry. God. Yeah. No. And the idea of forgetting about Mary Cherry, like, I it's know. Just, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like she popped. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. She's, uh, you know, she's still intact. That's that's right. That's right. Um, yeah. She, I, I, I love that call out. The other kind of drama that we got. Well, besides Coco pointing to the camera, I love when performers will just break that fourth wall. You got a problem. Has anyone done that on Dragula? Like, that was great. Like, I love, like, I'll look to the camera. I don't think we've ever gotten that, like, 
direct address. That was lovely. Oh God. But, uh, Coco was commenting on Mary and Zava again, having beef, no pun intended. Mm. Um, and I, you know, they're a roller coaster. And I think this was even mentioned by Coco. Like it's like one time they're hugging and the other time they're not, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's New York Queens at one point they're, they're fighting and then they're hugging and it's, I don't can't keep up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's just so interesting how they're just in their feelings. I can't tell if this is synthetic because, you know, just the day before, you know, Mary brought Zavaleta into the principal's office and had a, a, a talk with her, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, about her behavior in gym class. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. You know, and with, with Zava in general, I, I we we see a roller coaster in general with Zava. So, like, whether someone's on that ride with her, you know what I mean? It's like we we saw her have the, the Zava meltdown, you know, talking mm-hmm. about her sister and um, and the the line that she often repeats of like life made me a bitch, life made me this way, and you know. I, and you I, have Betty though in that moment, going back to that moment, which I just, I I don't know, maybe it wasn't welcomed by Zava, I don't know, but Betty being like, no, 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 like you're a sweetheart, like we know that. You, yeah, I, well, you know, and it's interesting. I feel like I, I because I think. I think Betty has that moment with her and then Hoso has that moment as well, where it's like, but you're actually not a bitch. You're actually right. really funny. And I think that's so interesting when somebody insists that they're a bitch, like, Oh, I'm just, this is how I am. I'm a bitch. I'm a bitch to everybody. And it's such a, you know, what it's meant to show is I'm strong. Obviously that's what Zava wants everyone to think is I'm strong. And it is so obviously not it doesn't come across as strong at all when someone acts like a bitch or when someone revels in being a bitch and i think you know it it is it is that Brene brown thing of like vulnerability is strength and i kind of feel like betty and hoso are kind of trying to remind her of that like i think betty's saying like we all know you're strong you don't have to do the act mm. you can just you can just have your feelings right now that doesn't mean you're weak and I understand from Zava's story, that's what she grew up, you know, yeah, that's what I, I get, I get that totally, yeah. but it's, I think it's the unlearning of like you crying. Does that mean that you have now failed in some way, you know? God, what a, what a place to kind of be splayed out, right? Where Zava's kind of going through all that and also kind of being reminded at the same time, like, oh God, it's just so fascinating to think about this reality contestant you know, being saying I'm a bitch and I'm strong and I'm strong and then being reminded like as they're talking through tears, like, but this is also strength to kind of talk about my story. You know, mm-hmm. God, it's I this is uh, this is good. It's good. And yeah. I hope it's good for Zava because I know Zava, you know, uh, her reaction to a lot of the fan hate that maybe she's been getting for being kind of a bitch, quote unquote, is like, girl, it's a TV show, right? So I'm I'm happy to hear that Zava's like, okay, um, you know, with any backlash she might be getting about being quote unquote extra or a lot, um, because I think she knows. I think, and I and I think she's doing the work, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I think we'll see this season in what I feel like they are showing us so far. They've already been showing us like Zavaleta coming in really hot and really confident and really aggressive. And I feel like there's just been these like humbling moments that they keep showing us and then, you know, subsequent success. And I think that's, you know, uh, 
that that suggests much like Mary with the talking, a longer plot line with Zavaleta, mm. an evolution with this quote unquote character this season. Well, and Zava, not for nothing, like similar to Mary off the show, but Zava is very well known for putting on a fucking show. So, you know, we know it's there. And when you get into this competition, you just quote unquote get near your head a little bit and maybe it fucks with you. And Zava is kind of dealing with all the things that are coming up by, you know, not maybe getting to perform the way that she wants to, especially last week. Uh, or two weeks ago when she was in the bottom. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. I hope this character evolves because there's moments where yeah. I'm finding it a little exhausting. You know, like, I think the pep talks with Hoso, I'm like, I just don't know. I just don't think she needs your pep talk. I'm just pretty sure that she's got this. Not for nothing. I, I, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I guess I'm a little surprised at Mary and how hot and cold she is with Zava. Cause at times it feels like she is like a true friend and maybe this is just what sisters go through, but the fact that Mary had such a hot reaction to Zava and you know, this is a lot of emotions for safe and having oh, one, like in the, you know, after the deliberate, like during the yes. deliberations when they got into that divorced couple fight, and then <laughs> and Jade was in the middle. Yeah, Jade was in the middle with her overnight bag. Am I going to dad's or mom's this weekend? Right, right. You know, I'm always nice to you. You don't have to oh, be nasty. To me. Yeah. I'm always sweet to you, man. My favorite quote: <laughs> "I'm always sweet to you, man," because I love the combination of saying I'm always sweet to you, but calling someone man. I just think that is so gay and so beautiful. I'm always sweet to you, man. To you, man, it is very kind of surfer, surfer bro, you know. Yeah, I love it. I just, yeah. uh, if that, that Can't gym counseling. teacher, you yeah. know, yeah. yeah, I was just surprised at this how quickly this escalated, and everybody else is like, Jesus Christ, yeah, and <clears throat> to the point that it became like chaotic. It was yeah, like, it was I don't much. even know what this fight is about. Yeah. Like, I actually think because <clears throat> it started with Mary saying that she was like down to do more like body paint, uh-huh. and then Zava, I think Zava was just making a stupid joke. Trying to have a moment of like, oh, you want to be rushed even more? I think it was just a joke. I get what she was trying to do of like, girl, like, you know, whatever. It was a read. And then Mary was like, you're on TV? Yeah, it's fine. And then Mary was like, what? What does that mean? What's that about? It was like, oh, Mary, Mary, it's a joke. And it was just downhill from there. And I that was one of those moments that was like, it was uncomfortable for a few reasons. You know, like it was a. it was a fight, but it was a fight based out of like multiple misunderstandings, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, she turned into kind of like miserable cherry, you know? Oh yeah. She, she was just, uh, you know, uh, not a very merry cherry. If you ask me. <laughs> All right, Mary. Um, All right, Mary. Yeah. I, 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 I appreciated Jade kind of really trying to be the mediator in that moment. And it was like, oof. Ugh, go upstairs, yeah. Jade. Just go upstairs. Just go upstairs. Door. Yeah. Just go upstairs. Close your door. Just put on Cheryl Crow and uh, or whatever, you know, whatever you need to tune out your parents fighting to. Uh, but I also love when I watch queer people, for lack of a better word, um, stand up for themselves this way. Like, why are you doing this? Like, I'm always so nice to you. Why are you, why are you being asked to me right now? You don't have to do this. Well, that's my favorite is especially with gay men, but queer people in general is like gay men think it's gay men in particular. Oh, 
my part is here. That the, the reason for my technical difficulties, the solution has just arrived at my door at the tail end of this episode. But I have, I that's one of my hot button issues is like gay men being nasty to each other or nasty to other people. And we're all supposed to just think, oh, I'm just reading. It's just reading. It's like, no, you're being an asshole. Well, it's, jerk. It's, it's connected to Zavaleta. Well, I'm just a bitch. So, you know, life made me this way. I'm just nasty. You know, yeah, uh, I'm just I'm just the ice queen. You know, right. Right. And like we're all supposed to just accept that. And, and some and people I, do. Some people see like, oh, God, this is this shtick. OK, you know, well, I think it's it's accepting it and not engaging with it. I think what you're talking about is like, I'm not trying to change it, but I'm not like. I'm not fooled by it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. 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 Seeing through it, I guess, is the yes. shorthand of that. Seeing through it. Well, I got to say, I'm, man, really disappointed that Coco went home. She was so great these past episodes. Uh, and this season is kind of turning into, you know, a, a, a great cast because I don't really, I, I don't really want anybody of any of them to go home. I, if I could switch out Coco with anybody, I think it would have been Jade because I, I'm just not seeing it now um, in comparison mm. to the rest of these folks. But, you know, uh, I, I think yeah, it would have disappointed. felt. Yeah, I think with Jade, I think it would, for me, it would have felt premature because I just feel like there's, sure. you know, she shouldn't do anything. Yeah. yeah, we just haven't, we haven't seen enough. And I just think to bring Jade on to Dragula, we should, she should at least get a couple of, you know, critiques from the boulets mm. uh but yeah i mean again i kind of expected coco to go even you know we even kind of got hints of it last week when she and mary were trying to figure out their their looks and their act and she's like well i don't do 60s so there was just a, a note of like what i do is what i do and i don't yeah. really adapt and i thought ooh, that feels like a bad note you know you know what what i do love for coco and we've said this before to be a robbed queen or a performer is it actually does does you good after the show? Yeah, I mean, I guess, and, and it's also you know depending on when you go, because I feel like there will be some more of these monsters who leave that we will also feel left too, too soon, soon, you mm -hmm. know. So we we say that three weeks in. I mean, what are we going to say six weeks in? You know. So yeah, right. I always think about that, like the early losses of a season. You know, with Drag Race UK with season three, I was so excited about Anubis. I was like Anubis, I'm loving Anubis, and then she went home first. And then I didn't really care after a couple of weeks, you know, and like, I forgot, <laughs> I forgot, I just forgot. So many other things happened. So, right. right. That's how reality a, shows are. Yeah. So we may feel this way about Coco now, but you know, in a couple of weeks, it'd be like, well, yeah, that was sad too. But then this happened, you know? Right. Right. Uh, and you know, this wasn't a bad episode. I, I still stand by my critique of the floor shows this season so far there's something missing. There's something different going on. And I don't know if it's related to the fact that we're hearing critiques from the boulets about things we didn't see. There is more of that. I think this season of what you didn't see. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what to make of it or yeah. And if the floor shows are being cut down to fit in just, you know, just the boulets yeah. talking before the judges, other judges join them. I don't know. But it's a it's a thing to pay attention to as we go yeah. into the rest of the season. Because one could argue that the show is putting out the best product possible to put the performers at the best light, which I love, uh, even if it's dim light. Uh, and then we are seeing what the boulets are seeing by them talking about it. We're just seeing it at a different time. And that works, too. You know, maybe that it's works. It's like Dracula Untucked. <laughs> 
it's oh, we gotta like, do that. <laughs> are we gonna do that? Okay. Well, well, let's get out of here, Marys. If you have any thoughts on this episode of the Weird Wild West, you can reach out to us uh, via email at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at allrightmary. Uh, we also have uh, around the web at www.allrightmary.com or tasteofreality.com slash allright-mary. Uh, I am also on Instagram at Johnny Also or on Twitter at Johnny Also One. And you can hear more of me on my other two podcasts with better audio quality than this week. I apologize. Uh, on In the Details, a celebration of nuance or best supporting podcast, a celebration of best supporting actresses. And you can find more of me on Twitter at Colin Trucker, Instagram at Colin Trucker underscore. And you can get more of both of us, including Drag Race UK, Canada's Drag Race, deep dives on shows like The Other Two, etc. and so forth, all at patreon.com slash allrightmary. I love it. What is our last chance floor show this week, Mary? Well, in honor of Miss Kane's retirement from being <laughs> the principal secretary, you know, feeling a little sad to see our girl go you could say we've got the cocaine blues uh but not the cocaine blues as sung by johnny cash and a bunch of other people who've covered it this is cocaine blues by escort which is uh you'll hear it. it's gonna be playing maybe now even uh is such a it's such a coco song i can see coco in those big old boobies mm. just working a pole you know uh, yeah 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 so <laughs> um you know, frankly, uh, you know, I'm aroused. <laughs> All right, Mary. Uh, well, Mary's thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Totsie.